The Crimes Ireland podcast is intended for a mature audience. Hello to you and welcome to this latest episode of The Crimes Ireland podcast. Today's story involves a few people, one of them being Thomas Fagan. If you have any questions or queries about the show, please send it to crimesireland at gmail.com. Also, you can download via this email using PayPal. I hope you all enjoy. Mayobridge in Northern Ireland is a small enough village that is situated a few miles east of the town of Newry. At the time of this case, in 1886, Newry was just a small village itself, and crimes were committed in Mayobridge that, quote, shocked the country. Mr. Thomas Fagan, who in sources is reported as being a farmer and who had lived in the village, also lived for a while in the United States, having moved back to the Newry area sometime before 1886. When he did decide to return, he had ended up marrying a local girl that he knew before he had left, and now that he was back, they had reacquainted. She was called only Mary Ann, with no surname in the reports. Mary Ann was the daughter of another local farmer, and they eventually were married. The newlywed couple had a daughter of their own, who they had called Mary Ellen. Thomas Fagan was said to be, quote, a bit fond of the drink, and it was also said that, quote, the couple often argued and became separated in 1886 for a couple of months, and Mary Ann took their daughter and went into service. But the family were reunited in August 1886. Mr. Fagan's drinking obviously had a great effect on their married life and, as quoted, they did often argue, with some rows being heard by the neighbours. This was also exaggerated at the time when arguments between Thomas and his in-laws also arose. This dispute had been sparked when Fagan said that a part of the marriage settlement he was owed by his wife's family was not paid to him. This sounds like a diary of sorts, and if so, this means for those of you that are not aware that the family of the daughter being married would partake in the transfer of wealth through the giving of gifts, money, property, and other things, even livestock. This more old-fashioned tradition would occur more frequently the further you go back through the years, and I am unsure of any like-for-like comparisons from today, except for maybe the bride or groom's family paying for the wedding or a home but this would be for the only more fortunate of us. On the afternoon or early evening the killing occurred, Thomas and Mary Ann had visited her father, hoping to get a loan or even a hand out of money from him. They drank tea and chatted with the father, and after a while they had built up the courage to finally ask for the money that they had come for. It was to go to a fair that was beginning the next day, Mary Ann led this request and were both disappointed when it was rejected. Later again, they left that relative and called to Thomas's brother, Bernard, chatting and sitting in his home for another short time. It is believed the brothers agreed to meet and speak the next day, as, when it arrived, Bernard was either nervous with worry or just wanted to chat earlier than the set time. Not hearing from his brother Thomas, he sent his own son to fetch him. The boy left right away and upon getting to his uncle's home he discovered quote, 
a horrific scene of death and violence. He saw Marianne first, and she was laying face down on the floor of a room that was not named. It is stated she laid near the fire, so it must have been a living room or a bedroom, and it was stated she was also covered in blood from head to toe. She was covered in several wounds, and it was apparent that she had suffered a brutal attack. Close to her body lay another one in the form of her young child, Mary Ellen, who was also deceased. After this, the boy suddenly felt the presence of another person in the room, and slowly looking up towards the ceiling, he saw the quote, Thomas Fagan hung from a beam, quite dead. Police were then called, and a Sergeant Flynn, a local officer in the area, arrived at the home. He realised that quote, what had happened had been a frenzied and spontaneous attack. On a search of the property, a large hatchet was found with blood on it under a table in the same room as the three victims. Newspapers and other sources report that no attempt by the perpetrator was made to clean up the crime scene or hide the murder weapons. In a serious fit of rage, Mary Ann was killed first, with Fagan then taking baby Ellen to the same room from her cot and killing her too with the hatchet. Please be warned, this next part is very rough for some sort of fair warning. Mary Ellen, the small baby, had put her arms up in a desperate defensive manoeuvre, and one of her hands were severed when she was trying to protect her head instinctively. The sheer terror the child would have surely felt during this time is just a terrible thing, and it's, it's a shame that it happened to her, and the committal of the crimes by the father is no less stunning. Finally, Thomas Fagan took his punishment into his own hands, although in his mind he probably viewed this as an escape or a final act of control. He retrieved the rope and slung it over the beam in the living room above where his family lay dead and hanged himself by kicking a stool from out under his own feet. At a later inquest, a Dr. Douglas made this very graphic testimony to describe the injuries of the victims and their killer. He said, quote, Mary Ann's death was caused by a fracture of the skull and a laceration of the brain. Mary Ellen Fagan was lying prone on the body of Mary Ann Fagan. The skull was broken by two wounds on the right side of the head from which brains protruded. There was also a wound under the left ear. The ear was partly torn off and part of the left hand was missing. Death was caused by fracture of the skull. On the killer Thomas Fagan's death by suicide, it is stated, quote, The eyes were half open, the tongue protruded and congested. The pupils of the eyes were dilated. Death was instantaneous and there was not the slightest sign of a struggle. On Thomas Fagan's death by suicide, it was stated, quote, The eyes were half open. The tongue protruding and congested, the pupils of the eyes were dilated. Death was instantaneous and there was not the slightest sign of a struggle. I thought I would mention that when it was said the tongue was congested, this means it was swollen full of blood. And also from what I have learned, I believe that this type of hanging was a slower method compared to the long drop technique used by executioners of the day. And so I cannot see how the death was instantaneous as it was stated. Such was the outrage 
within the population of the village of Mayobridge after the killings that they protested and almost by force at one stage did not allow the convicted man to be buried with his wife and daughter, going as far as to refuse him burial in the same graveyard. No one is reported to have attended his funeral as a mourner, and to this day his body still lays in the old workhouse graveyard in Newry, according to the reports. And at the eventual funeral that was held, the hearse for the procession to the final resting place was provided by police. Thanks very much for listening and all of your support for the podcast so far. If you have any questions or queries, or just want to say hello, please email crimesireland at gmail.com. You can also donate as little as a penny and up using the same email via PayPal. Or, if you wish, go to Buy Us A Coffee and search Crimes Ireland. This helps to keep the research trues open and allows the show to continue and improve in the long run. Thanks again and all the best.